What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode 44 of the Anime DGEN's Bullshit Hour. I've got Tyler with me, and we have Kriegs back with us, because uh, Bass is out of town, and uh, he's basically our sub on the bench at this point. So, how are you guys doing? <laughs> I'm doing wonderful. Uh, you know, it's a Monday. I just got back from a... Uh, I went to, like, a small anime convention uh, this weekend. I was telling Bass all about it uh, yesterday. Um, it was very interesting. Um I don't know if I'm ready or not for a a bigger one yet because it was had some interesting people there. So that makes perfect sense. <laughs> had some really interesting people there. So I can't imagine what a bigger one is like. You know what I mean? So yeah, I'd be curious if the bigger ones draw more of the casual fan in. You know, like. Because like I don't think like if I went I would like go all out and cosplay or something like that. I would just kind of walk go walk around and like learn and see stuff, you know. Yeah, maybe it kind of like maybe it kind of like dilutes the more interesting people. You know what I mean? And you just don't see them as often, possibly. Or it brings them out in droves, and there's just more of them, and they're everywhere, and you just become like numb to it. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. <laughs> But yeah, Kriegs, how was your day? Well, it was good. Just kind of a normal day. Went to work, came home. <laughs> Didn't really do oh, yeah. much today. You excited to be back with the boys? Oh, heck yeah, man. Always down to talk some anime and bullshit. <laughs> Perfect. This is the bullshit hour, so. That's what we do best. But awesome. Uh, Tyler, you got any news to get us going? Uh, yeah, so I was a guest on What Do You Say Anime um, over the weekend. Um, by the time this episode is out, uh, I'm pretty sure they will have released that episode. We was playing a fun game of Password. Um, if you're familiar with that, kind of like you guess shows based on one word uh, hints, I guess you can say, um, but anime style. So um, I had a, my partner, I picked uh, Ash from Simping from Senpai. Uh, both uh, both podcasts are really good uh, podcasts to listen to. I, I highly recommend them. Uh, so make sure y'all go check it out. See see if we won or not, you know. Uh, Rufford, uh, I think her name was Dejin Senpais. So uh, <laughs> make sure you cheer for us. We need it. So, Hell yeah. Uh, the links and shit will be in the description as always. Awesome. We also got word that the Black Clover manga is finally going to be back on December 25th. So Merry Christmas to all our Black Clover stands. Uh, it's going to be a jump giga, though, not Shonen Jump. So it should be yeah, a really okay. long chapter, like. Like the equivalent of like four chapters, because they're going to a monthly, so that'll be kind of cool. Hey, Bass, Bass is going to be super excited about that, honestly. So, hey, he's watching Black Clover. He started again. And I've seen that, bro. Just a while ago, I seen it. He sent me a picture, and I was like, "Oh, you poor bastard!" <laughs> Hopefully, you're ready for a lot of screaming because that's why he shut it off the first time. <laughs> it's, it, it it tames down some. It gets better, I think. Honestly, yeah, right? I, mean, I really I really enjoyed it. I I yeah. got the screaming doesn't really bother me. I mean, if you can watch Naruto, you can watch Black Clover, especially no uh, OG Naruto. You know. So. Oh, yeah. Believe it. Yeah. That's bio. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. 
Uh, they also announced a Code Geass sequel, so I'm curious to see how that works because main character dead. So, oh, big spoiler. Uh, oh, sorry. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I don't know how you continue that story. <laughs> are they now? Do we know? Are they continuing off of the anime or the three films they did? I don't know. Because that, that can go two different routes. That's where I'm a little confused, but... I guess we'll find out. Huh? Yeah, I think I think this is just like a new information is released, so I think that maybe we'll get to know kind of the route they're going to take, possibly, when um this comes out, possibly. So, I guess the next thing we got is, um apparently, Goat Oda, you know, he's got a one-shot, which... I think I've heard of a couple of times, but it's called Monsters. And apparently, it's getting an anime adaptation, and it will premiere sometime in 2024. And I'm kind of excited about this because we actually get to see a little bit more work of what Oda can do outside of the One Piece verse, you know? I don't want him to do anything but One Piece because I want it to end eventually. So, Oda... Stick, he, stick your bag, dog. He ain't doing it no more. It's all, it was it was one shot, so it was it's already done. I think. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, <laughs> Kriegs. Uh, I think you said something about Blue Exorcist, right? Yes. Yeah, so, any fans of the Blue Exorcist show season three was announced. Um, it is going to be done by Studio VOLN. And I didn't know much about this studio. It's created by an um, ex-Madhouse producer. And mm. probably their most well-known uh, work would be I Want to Eat Your Pancreas. A banger I, show. Yep, yeah, I was just going to say, Tyler knows all about that. Um, it will release January 6, 2024. And Ooh. it's going to be picking up, I believe it's chapters 50 to 64, the Shimani Illuminati Saga. And the last time Blue Exorcist came out was the Kyoto Saga in 2017. So it's been a minute since this has been animated. Nice. I okay. also saw that um, Gundam Requiem for Vengeance, which just got a second trailer. And that's a really interesting show because it's not technically anime. It's being animated in Unreal Engine 5. What? No so way. It's like video games graphics yeah hmm. oh, that's kind of cool <laughs> yeah, it looks it looks good i mean like it looks cool and i mean it's taking place like on earth during like the original timeline like mid gundam so like it should be pretty good story hopefully yeah i, w I just uh, i just wonder i haven't seen the trailers i just wonder if they can like make like a quality like anime with you know that but fortnite I mean, graphics yeah so <laughs> i mean it's not an anime at that point so that's what i'm curious to see you know like it's just kind of a movie or a show i don't even know if it's a show or a movie but it looked really well done i mean the zaku looked fucking sick so like i'm in on that okay it could be your big moment tyler because it's mechas in the fortnite engine so, like, we're just getting everything you hate about robots colliding in one. <laughs> this is my perfect time to give Gundam a one. This is my oh. time to strike. <laughs> Nobody's going to care, bro. Studio Sunrise <laughs> got their bag already. 
<laughs> be a one in a ten, so we'll give it a five on average. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on what Kriegs gives it, you know. He could give it a like three, two, but probably not. <laughs> yeah, check it out. Like it looks really cool, so I would definitely recommend checking it out. And um, I have no idea what the plot's gonna be, but there's giant robots, so fuck yeah. Hell yeah. I'll check that trailer out. Awesome. Well, Tyler, you want to get us into Suzume? Uh, yeah. So, um, we're doing a review of Suzume, uh, on this episode. It is your, it is a 2022, I think it released in 2023 in feet theaters for us and, uh, in North America. Um, it's a fantasy adventure movie and it just recently came to Crunchyroll actually within the last month or two, I, I believe. Um, it's done by Comics Wave Films, which is also uh, done Weathering With You, Your Name, to mention a few of them. The creator and director is Makoto Shinkai, which has also done, was is also like the creator and director of Weathering With You, Your Name, 5 centime- centimeters per second. Uh, the Mal is 8.34, so pretty, pretty good show, you know? Fourth highest grossing anime movie of all time now. It's also award winning. Uh, I think there's three different awards. One of them was for like sound, I believe, or music or something like that. And then two was like for um, uh, different like uh, anime type things. So, but pretty interesting show. Um, I'm glad we picked this to watch. So, yeah, definitely, uh, man. I was excited. I've been trying to watch this for a minute, but like all I could ever find were like really bad cam recordings. And I was like, I'm not doing that. I also think if I if if I remember correctly, uh, this was also a suggestion from our uh, Spotify listener. I think it, their name was Mars Bars, I believe. Um, they let us know in the comments one time that they wanted us to watch Suzume. So here we are. Watch awesome. Suzume. So oh, hell yeah, Mars Bars. Appreciate the uh <laughs> the recommendation here. Big time. Yeah. So we're gonna get with a summary real quick. Uh the story follows the journey of a 17-year-old Suzume who encounters a mysterious door that unleashes a destructive force when open. Suzume, along with a man named Sota, must close these portals to prevent further disaster and destruction. Um and we're gonna the way we're kind of lay this out today is we're going to go through like a general review and then we're going to get into the spoilers later. So, uh, y'all don't have to worry about many spoilers. Probably we ain't promised nothing though. Yeah. We'll give you the, the, the overall opinion on it. And then you can <laughs> skip like 20 minutes. If you haven't watched it yet, well, we'll put the timestamps in the description and then, um, We'll also put our final thoughts on it. That way you can check out our ratings and stuff without getting all the spoilers. Yeah. So I guess we're going to start off with kind of like our first impressions of the first couple of minutes. Like we turned the show on. What's the first things that you thought in the first couple of minutes? Yeah, I mean, for me, it was, wow, this is beautiful. Like <laughs> every other movie we've watched from this guy. And uh, it was stunning, man. Like the landscapes were picturesque and it just really caught your eye right from the start. Yeah. Uh, for me, um, you know, I was like, you know, this is really beautiful too, but I was like, is this going to be sad? Um, because 
you know, a little girl was running around and stuff, crying. Like, no way this is going to be sad. No way I'm going to sit here and cry for a good portion of this movie. Um, but then, you know, she kind of woke up and I was like, okay, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm okay now. You know, this, this is starting to look a little bit better at least. So <laughs> I didn't want to cry this whole time, you know, you love crying, dude. Don't lie to us. I mean, I, I don't mind it, especially when like something gives me a good reason to cry, but like, I would rather be happy, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I would rather be happy. <laughs> nah. <laughs> yeah, I guess to echo everybody's praises, yes, I agree. Very visually appealing, just like um his previous films. You know, I didn't expect anything less. And yeah, it does open up very confusing. And then Susume wakes up and you're like, oh, okay, w- what's going on here? <laughs> so it draws you in instantly to the story. Yeah, I feel like. Makoto Shinkai does a good job with that too because like Weathering with You did like the same thing where you were like what the fuck's going on here and then you get into the story you know and then they come back and they close like they close the door quote unquote on it (laughs) and bring it full circle so I feel like that's one of his like techniques that he uses more than once I feel like yeah it didn't didn't and Weathering with You didn't wasn't they like overlooking the uh, Tokyo skyline or something like that from my room uh, hospital room or something yeah and you were yeah. like who the hell is this person <laughs> you know like what's going on here and then it's like an hour and 45 minutes later you figure it out you're like oh okay <laughs> yeah so um, you know first impressions was pretty good for all of us it seems like like, like we said it's very beautiful um, right out the get uh, right out the gate so um, I guess going off that like I assume we all like the animation style. Was there any like things that you really, really liked or like about how the world looked and felt? Um, any kind of thoughts on any of that? Yeah, I mean, like like I said, the world was stunning. I was really confused by this giant worm thing and yeah. like how they just called it the worm. I'm like, is this just some faceless like random enemy that they're going to fight the whole time? And sure enough, yeah. <laughs> But it's interesting because like they don't put a lot of emphasis on what the worm actually is compared to like Suzume and her internal struggles. So like I like how they use it as a plot point, but it wasn't like it didn't take away from like the overarching themes of the movie, in my opinion. Yeah. Um at first I thought it was like um like um like clouds or like something like that. Some that couldn't really touch things, but we learned that it actually does is able to touch and, you know, create the, like, you know, um, the impact with its touches and stuff like that. So that was pretty, pretty neat. I was like, well, this just ain't clouds now. Um, but one thing that really stood out to me was, um, if y'all remember, like when we was in Tokyo, uh, later on in the movie, they showed like a they they popped out and they showed like a really neat visual of like the Tokyo like um landscape with this worm above it. Did do y'all remember that? Nope. That was yeah. a beautiful picture, bro. That was the best scene, the best picture of the whole movie. I thought it looked phenomenal. So, 
Yeah, that was really cool seeing because it just showed the magnitude of what could potentially go down if they don't stop this thing, you know? Yeah. And that was huge. And it looked, yeah. like I said, it, it looked really good. Oh, it was, yeah, it was gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah, that thing was terrifying, though. <laughs> it was, <laughs> and then, yeah. And then she's she's screaming, you don't see that? And then they're like, no, what, what what's going on? And then she's like, come on. So, yeah, like to, to Tyler's point, the scene in Tokyo where it's just bearing down, going in that tunnel and all those people were there. And she I'm like, man, if that thing touches the ground, it's game over, man. You definitely did. And I also really like the soundtrack. Um, I mean, we all knew the opening was a banger. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> like that has been on like my anime Spotify playlist for months now. And that song's an absolute heater. But like the overall soundtrack of the movie too was really good. Yeah, the sound, sound in general, like the sound effects. Uh, like I said before, this apparently won some won an award uh, because of its music and sound. So they do they did something right, you know. Uh, plus, like all you need to hear is like five seconds of that damn song, and it's stuck in your head for the rest of the day, you know. <laughs> Dude. So, it's been stuck in my head for like a year now, probably. All random, we just do, 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 do. And you're just like, nope, it's not the right time for that head. Yeah. You just hear the, you hear the, you're like, damn it. Well, y'all can thank uh, Dan and Kriegs for getting that stuck in your head again. Oh, yeah. I, I almost bought the vinyl of that thing, man. Damn. Okay. I thought about okay. it, but. It was kind of pricey. Yeah, I have no way to play vinyl right now, so it would just go sit on a shelf somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so crazy that like just just like a little segment, five, six seconds of a song can just make like impact you like that. So they done something right when they did that. So um but I guess did the crease tell us what he thought about the sound and stuff, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Sorry, I started singing. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, um, yeah, the soundtrack again. It does really well with the film and the visuals. Um, just like he did with uh, "Weathering with You." That one surprised me. I didn't realize how well they could make the sound of the rain and weather like yeah. just like appealing. And this one does it again. Yeah, I think when we watched Weathering with You a couple months ago, like we spent like 10 minutes talking about the rain. Like that was <laughs> it. We were like, no, this rain is awesome. Yeah, I think you're right. I think uh, I think we really did talk talk at least for five to 10 minutes about it. So um, <laughs> that's, uh, that's how you know it's good. You know, they they don't they know what they're doing. So um, even in your name, they had like scenes like that. And oh, yeah. The sound was just amazing as well. So um but I guess, I guess, you know, it's pretty solid so far, it seems like. Uh, I guess we'll move on to, like, characters. Did did we have any favorites? You know, people that we didn't like? Yeah, before we get into that, did you guys watch it subbed or dubbed? I watched uh, five minutes of dubbed, and um, I was... I was kind of like it was kind of hard to follow because um it, it, the words seemed kind of mushed up sometimes and I didn't really know what they were saying so I switched to subbed 
and I had a much more amazing time. So, okay, yeah, I watched it dubbed because I was I had to watch it after work, and I was doing some other stuff during it, and uh, I thought the dub was really good. Uh, the voice acting was really well done, and like the voices they chose for the characters were good, so I liked that. Yeah, I didn't have no complaints about the dubbed voices. Um, they was really good. I just I was just having a hard time like understanding what they were saying at times when they was talking kind of low, I guess. Um, so I just switched okay. the sub that way I could see the subtitles. But yeah, um, I changed it up. I watched it subbed. Um, I watched Your Name and Weathering Me Through both dub, and then I don't know why this one I just went with the. I think because Crunchyroll defaulted to it, but I was like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> That's weird because Crunchyroll for me defaulted to dubbed. Oh, really? And I was just like, yeah, I don't want to get up and change this right now. So I'm, I'm rolling with it. <laughs> I think they actually have a setting. Um, what your default is uh, subbed or dubbed, I believe. So. Huh. Interesting. You figure with all the anime I've watched on their freaking platform that's been subtitled, they would have kind of figured it out at this point, you know? <laughs> true uh but yeah did you have any that you really liked yeah the i characters? think yeah my favorite character was sarazawa which is sota's friend <laughs> he was just kind of like a breath of fresh air because like he was just kind of along for the ride and the journey and like he was just bumping his tunes and singing along the whole time and i was like this guy gets it man this is what a road trip should be not just sleeping the entire time. <laughs> yeah, I knew I knew you was going to pick him because, um, you know, I had the same feeling. I, I really I really enjoyed his character. Um, he's like that down for anything type guy, uh, ride or die, like that type of shit. But he's also really fun to hang out with, I feel like. So even though yeah. he's a teacher in training or something like that, so... Yep. You gotta interesting. Be, you got to be some kind of guy to drive a convertible where the roof doesn't work. That's your main car because <laughs> that is a bold strategy, and we see when it starts raining, it does does not go well for him. Yeah, he's like, yeah, I, I guess we can try it, and then you know it don't happen. He's like, oh yeah, that's what I figured would happen. <laughs> I'm like, okay, that's cool. I was just cracking up. Tamaki the aunt was just so pissed off, and like I think the the roof covered enough where Suzume in the back seat wasn't getting wet at all, and I was like, damn, bro. Yeah. Then you say, oh, we'll fix it at the next rest stop. And it's like 40 kilometers. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, that's how you know he's he's a G right there. You know, he, he's pretty cool. So um, what about you, Kreese? You have anybody you really like? I really liked. Uh, I'm going to go with the normie answer. I like Suzume. I was interested in her story, why she could why she was the only one that could see the worm. And then she was helping closing doors and, you know, I just wanted to watch her journey and I don't want to get into the spoilers, but we'll just keep it at that. You know who would have definitely been able to see the worm? Kuwabara. Uh, oh. Kuwabara. <laughs> I thought you was going to make a Tremors joke, bro. Uh, no, no. Kuwabara is very attuned with the spiritual world <laughs> for a human. Uh, that, that, that's your sensei from Yu Yu Hakusha, right? No, that's Genkai. Kuwabara is Yurameshi's friend. He's a hard-boiled motherfucker. Oh, yeah. Okay. So he in this film, he grabs the piece of wood. It his powers <laughs> ignite. 
Oh, I'm going to cut that worm in half. <laughs> he gets a fucking energy <laughs> sword out of nowhere. <laughs> um, any Anybody you didn't like? I don't know if anyone I didn't like. I mean, I didn't like uh, Daijin at first because that oh, cat God. was like a just little shithead. And yeah. it kind of pissed me off. I'm like, do you realize what you're doing, little kitty man? Like, what's going on here, dude? <laughs> Do you realize what you're doing, little kitty cat? <laughs> <laughs> and they were so nonchalant. It's like, a lot of people is going to die. And just so happy about it, you know? <laughs> you uh, you better do something, Susan May. Everybody's going to die if you don't figure this out. Like, what the f- why'd you make this happen, cat? I want to play. <laughs> it's the it's like the perfect cat you know what i mean and probably creeks can uh can uh confirm this because he does have a cat i know oh, of. jesus yeah <laughs> my cat was being a little dodging earlier so <laughs> they, they just want to watch the world burn bro yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah i had a love hate relationship with that damn cat too sometimes i really liked it it was pretty funny but other times i really hated it so well it's like you know cats like to knock things off tables Daijin was just doing that with freaking natural disasters. He's like, oh, by the way, I'm going to knock this glass on the table, but the glass is actually a magnitude 10 out of 10 earthquake. Like, enjoy it. Have fun. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> you, you think I won't do it? Oh, oh, here we go. <laughs> but I did really like the uh, character development of Suzume throughout the whole the whole movie um it was cool to see how she grew as a person you know in two hours they did a really good job with that so yeah i really i really thought that the aunt um the aunt really like had a lot of uh character development in a short amount of time i felt like so what other aunt are you gonna see are you gonna know of that is just okay with what she was okay with you know what I mean? I mean, she definitely wasn't okay with it for most oh, of yeah. the movie. Well, she she you know uh, learned to be kind of okay with it. <laughs> you know, she was bussing at the beginning. <laughs> you can't blame her. Like, because yeah. where did she go from Kyushu to Tohoku Prefecture? She went from basically South Japan to like Northeast Japan. I was like, jeez, yeah. It was a journey. Yeah, it was wild. Um, any anything else about characters and character development? Do you have any more thoughts on those? Not that's not going to have a lot of spoilers, so we'll yeah, save those for later. I'm trying to like hold back a little bit. <laughs> I don't want to say um, too much. <laughs> did uh do we did we like uh, enjoy the plot or the main story of Suzume? Like, what what was our feelings on that? Yeah, I thought it was really fun. Like, the way they told the story was just a really, really fun tale. I mean, like, they're just going on some crazy journey chasing a magical cat around using Twitter with people taking pictures of it doing random shit. And I'm like, (laughs) this hat, like, you cannot, like, this movie only makes sense if you made it, like, last year, you know? Like, just with how popular, like, social media has been, it was funny that they used that as such a big plot device. It did, and I didn't even really think I didn't really put too much into that, you know, until uh, 
until you was talking about it before this. Uh, I just kind of, I seen it and then I just kind of, you know, acknowledged it, but I, I didn't really like think about it too much. I guess it just works so well, I guess, you know? Definitely. And I was laughing because when she was scrolling Twitter, it showed the robot that I sell on like her Twitter feed. And I was like, what the fuck? What's, <laughs> what's Boston Dynamics doing in this movie? This is weird. <laughs> I mean, luckily, she didn't have, you know, My Hero Academia Twitter open. So, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah, that would have been wild. <laughs> you just this girl seeing the cat, seeing the cat, just Deku and somebody making out, and <laughs> just more Deku Bakugo, you know, Todoroki. <laughs> like, ah, oh, damn it, got scroll through this. More cat. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess for me, I'm just really glad that uh, it wasn't really confusing. It was pretty simple to grasp. Um, it left a lot. Um, I feel like it left a lot to our interpretation. I guess, but still kept it like uh you know uh solid i guess like a solid show with like i i never could i never got bored of it it seemed like the time just fly, flew by even though it was a two-hour movie like i never had to pause it or step away i had you know i had so much fun watching it so yeah, and I thought the way they told the story too, how it just kind of bounced around to all these different cities was, it just kept you on the edge of your seat because you're like, where's the worm coming up next? What are we going to see here? You know, like it was just fun the way they told it. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely, I enjoyed that too, how she was traveling across Japan, meeting people, making connections, closing doors, and then learning more about you know, the worms, the door closers, and learning more about herself, too, as she kind of went through it. Yeah, um, I guess talking about all this, I guess we can kind of get into what we thought the theme actually was. Like, what do you think that they was trying to say, in your opinion? Yeah, for me, you know, the one of the, the big theme that stood out was like grief after natural disasters. Uh, don't want to get too much into the plot, but um, a lot of it is Suzume coming to terms and reflecting on her life and coming to terms with some childhood trauma she has. And the way they did it was really well. And I thought it was cool because like they paralleled the balance inside of yourself with like the balance of the two totems in the spirit world, keeping the worm at bay. So it kind of showed that like when trauma can like throw you out of balance, you know, the world can have you like your internal self can have what's akin to an earthquake in the real world so i thought it was really cool the way they did that and um they, they just the way they told the story like once you kind of figured out the themes like oh that was such a well done way to do that yeah i agree i agree you know it's something like that too um i also think it's you know kind of letting you know that like even though bad things happen um in like the world or in your life or whatever you can always still move on and I, I felt like, you know, the doors closing and stuff like that was, uh, you know, a somewhat some kind of, of statement for that in as well. So. Uh, definitely, man. Yeah. Like closing the door on the past and moving on with the future. Yeah. So I can definitely see that, too. Yeah, I thought it was kind of same similar what I kind of drew from it, you know, coming to terms with the past. Um, also, in a lot of his films, natural disasters are always a 
common occurrence. So the journey through Japan to me kind of showed like the beauty of everything, the places she visited, the people she met, the regions, and then also on the other hand, the destructive power that nature holds dwelling. Yeah, I feel like the two movies we've watched in the podcast from Makoto Shinkai have been uh, Natural Disasters and Coming of Age. Like, that's it, you know? <laughs> yeah, a lot of that. That's a common theme with him. And then this one was definitely like a little bit of like the power of memories and then, you know, feelings to connect people together. The power of friendship. Yeah, got it. <laughs> and I I feel like that 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 hits on your name a lot too. Yeah. Your name was really big about like the power of memories and like that kind of stuff as well. Feelings, so yeah. yeah. So I guess we can see like a lot of similar similarities between all of his work. Um I assume. I don't have you ever has either one of y'all ever watched five centimeters per second? Nah, it's on my list. Yeah. <laughs> like I always want to watch it, but I never can. Yeah, I haven't watched it yet, and I can't remember if I've watched your name or not, so I might, I might have to... It was a big comment or whatever, the big meteor or whatever, yeah. so... Your name um, is such a great one. The romance with the big me- meteor. Yeah. Um, I feel like, I think five centimeters per second is like a uh, more of a romance show, Um, if I remember from what I've read of it, so... Uh, I haven't watched it either, though, so, but... Oh, this one came out in 2007. Wow. Which one? The five, five centimeters? Sec- yeah, five centimeters per second. Okay. What what, what what does it look like? Do you like a pure romance? Let's see. Story set in Japan, early 1990s. Oh, wow, yeah. This sounds like a romance to me. Yeah. So, so you follow someone from the early 90s until the present day of 2008. <laughs> okay. Sweet. I don't want to read. I don't want to read too much because I don't want to spoil it for myself. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Yeah. So I guess you know all of his movies like um are kind of they have the same feeling and you know I guess they're all pretty good in my opinion. They have been from what I've seen. So. Oh yeah. But which one has been your favorite so far? Like, if you had to pick one. Well, so I've only watched two of them, I guess. So I think I like Susan May more than Weathering With You. Um, Just it like there was a point in Weathering With You when I was like, all right, guys, get the <laughs> plot going. Like, let's finish the story up. It's 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 been like an hour and 40 minutes. And I didn't get that with this one. So, like, I think I just like the pacing a little bit more of Susan May and the soundtrack, which is banging. Yeah, I feel like Weathering With You was kind of a little bit predictable at some point uh, throughout the show. And this one, I thought I was kind of being able to predict what was going to happen, and it didn't happen like that. So um, I'll give her props to that. Uh, Susan May, for me, is probably my favorite one so far with your name coming in second. Uh, Weathering With You was still a good one, but like it does it doesn't come close to your name or or Susan May in my opinion. So Yeah, I definitely would rank your name number one. That was my favorite one. Susan May? I, I would give it a number two. Yeah, Weathering You just, just had a lot of I think had suffered from like slow a slow start and then it picks up and then it stagnated a little bit. But they're all great films to watch though. <laughs> all right uh i guess we'll 
I guess that's kind of like uh, the end of this. We'll, we'll, I guess we'll give her like a rating of what we thought this show is and kind of like our final thoughts before we move on to the spoiler section of this uh, review. Perfect. I guess I can go first. So overall, I thought it was an excellent film. Um, like I said, I watched the dub and the voice acting was really good. I think if I rewatch this, I'll probably rewatch it subbed to see how the sub compares. But um, the animation was stunning as always. The plot was really fun. And I think I'm giving it an 8.2. 8.2. And... I, don't, I don't remember what I gave Weathering with you, though. So if I gave Weathering with you uh, higher than that, just <laughs> add like 0.1. We're good. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah so I, I mean that's kind of on par with mal uh mal gives it the 8.34 uh average so um i guess with me uh i'm probably gonna give it a solid eight too uh like i said this is up there with your name i, I think it's better than your name um but um it's a very good story it really is the plot's really good the characters are likable um it's very beautiful like it, there's like I said, there's some scenes that just blow you away with how pretty they are. I actually took a picture of one and I'll post it in Discord for everyone to see in the podcast discussions uh, channel, linktree.com slash anime degens. Shameless plug. Yeah, make sure y'all <laughs> join. <laughs> um, but you'll see what I'm saying when you see it. And the picture, I don't think, really spoils it. Uh, I wouldn't say because you won't know what you're looking at, really. So, uh, but it'll definitely keep you watching the screen for the whole two hours, like I've mentioned. You won't get bored. So um, that's about all I got. Solid eight. Okay. Yeah. Um, definitely just another great film made by Makoto Shinkai. Uh, visually appealing. It starts off, draws you in. It, you know, the story keeps you on the edge of your feet the whole time. I like the balance of characters the theme of it. Um, I think I would give this right around with what Mel's saying an 8.3. I really enjoyed it. Okay. My I like only the, I'll give them like decimals and I'm just over here giving like a solid eight or a yeah. high seven and shit like that. So that's no, all right. My only regret <laughs> is I didn't see this in the theaters when it came out. Yeah. I think this would have been so much better oh, on a big yeah. screen. I like, know. I was thinking that too. Like when she first enters the, the crazy whatever and you see her in the, the dream world i'm not i'm not gonna say, i don't even remember what they call it but like the other world like uh, ever after the, yeah the yeah, ever the after ever is what after. they call it the other world yeah like seeing that on the big screen like on an imax or something would have been insane it would have it would have looked beautiful like this shit would have looked gorgeous on imax so it would have it would have felt good like it would have felt crazy too being able to hear like everything around you and shit so Dude, the bass of that song would have been awesome in an oh IMAX theater. <laughs> the whole theater's just humming it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess that uh, that you know ends our like uh, spoiler-free review section of it, and now we're gonna get on to like the spoiler zone. Uh, we're gonna get a little deeper and talk about some of the plot and uh, what we thought about it and stuff. Um, so if you haven't seen it and you want to see it, just use the timestamps to skip ahead to our cozy anime section. So, but I guess we'll, we'll start with, uh, was there anything that you would have changed about this movie to make it better? No. (laughs) 
No, no I don't think there, I don't think there was really anything you could change. I mean, like, I guess maybe make Daijin less of a dickhead. Yeah, that can like <laughs> he came around. You know, he came around at the end. Was a good cat, but like, I felt like his character was really, really selfish. But I really can't blame the little cat because like he had been stuck as a totem for God knows how long, like so centuries. <laughs> yeah. So like. If I if I was stoned and became like a living creature again after all that time, I would want to go do fun shit too. I don't know if my I, definition of fun shit is like creating earthquakes, <laughs> but um, <laughs> I'll leave that to Daijin. That's his bag. Or teasing Suzume about how many people is gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> no, I guess the only thing I'd really change is there's like. If it was up to me, I would kind of make Suzume and, um, let's see, I forget his name, uh, Soda. I would kind of make Suzume and Soda's age a little bit closer. Uh, oh, I know she yeah. was like 17 during the, the first encounter, and he was around 21. So, but I also know that he didn't do anything romantically towards her. Um, but she did fall for him, and she did do ro- romantic things to him. Um, and I also know that, Japan, you know, 17 is, you know, is okay or whatever. But I feel like, you know, why not just make them a little bit closer? Like, that's that's a really, uh, um, really small age gap. So what what would it hurt to make them a little bit closer and make it a little bit more right? You know what I mean? Yeah, well, I guess I need to understand when you go to college in Japan. Is it 18? Yeah, or- I think so. So yeah. I think if she was in college during this whole thing, her aunt would not have had such a big role in the movie because at that point, you know, you're independent, you're at school, you're living in a dorm or you're living in an apartment somewhere near your college. So like, I think it would have changed the overall plot a lot if they made her a little older. Well, what and... about making him younger though? Like make him fresh out of school, you know, like a 18 or a 19, you know? And then you change his character too, though, because he was a grad student and like, oh yeah, he was studying for that test. Yeah, I mean that's just, you know, that's just a little bit of a minor thing that I would have tried to change and make it just a little bit more better, you know, because I can see how like that would, you know, look kind of a little bit bad. But I think at the end they they actually like um make that better because they actually wait it shows them waiting some time, some time passing. Well I assume that she turns the legal age during that time before they meet again, you know, is what yeah. I would like to assume. So Yeah, I guess but, four years doesn't bother me that much. Yeah, I, it doesn't but... like I'm looking at this through the eyes of Japan or the age of consent 16. So like four years doesn't really bother me that much, you know? Yeah. And like I said, props to him. You know, he he kind of knew that she was uh still in school and stuff, you know, and he didn't really uh do anything like that. I mean, he really couldn't though, but <laughs> I mean he was a fucking chair, so <laughs> Your hey, Honor, yo girl, I was a, a chair. Hey yo girl, come take a seat. She did at one point. <laughs> um, Kriegs, did, was there anything that you would uh, change or like are you good to? Um, I think 
initially, I was kind of mad when Daijin turned Sota into the chair. I was like, what? What are we doing here? <laughs> like, it's been 15 minutes. <laughs> but well, it made sense. Off at him, you know? Yeah, I was so angry about that. But no, it made sense. Why? As you watch the movie. But man, he had some athleticism as a chair. I was Dude. quite impressed. He's like jumping across roller coasters and shit. Yeah. I was like, what kind of so, chair has the muscle dexterity to do this? So that was a little like, you know, I was like, okay, it's an anime. Pull it back. Pull it back. Fill it in. <laughs> yeah, I was like, all right, I'll let it slide. But yeah, he was keeping up with that cat. I was like, what is going on right now? <laughs> I mean, I will say there was a cat in my buddy's neighborhood growing up named Tripod because it had three legs. And that was the fastest fucking cat I've ever seen in my life. So <laughs> three-legged chair. All right. Maybe that's true. Got some moving to it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess uh, early on, like when Suzume first found a door uh, when she went looking for uh, Soda, what did you think it was and did... Like, what was your first initial thoughts on what it did? So, like, I mean, after watching the trailers, you had seen her, like, you'd seen them in this other world. So, like, I was really surprised when she, like, went through the door and nothing happened. Yeah. Yeah, same here. Um, I was, I thought it was going to, like, uh, teleport, teleport her to, like, another dimension type thing. Because that's kind of, like you said, what the trailers kind of seen. And then when she just kept on going in and out of it, I was like, I was so confused. I was like, wait, what, what's the, what, what did we see? Like, what are like, what's going on? So, yeah. and like during the trailer, did they ever have the giant worm thing in it? Cause that threw me off. I was like, I no. was not expecting that at all. No, they just showed the, um, like gust and wind from her closing the door, but it was so close up. You couldn't see the worm coming out. Yeah. Um, like I said, I was really surprised when they actually said it was a worm and that they started showing it up more up close and it looked more like a worm because I thought it was like smoke or something like that. Some kind of like, you know, um, gas top uh, structure or something, you know, so. Yeah, definitely thought it was some, some crazy spiritual energy or something like yeah. that. But I was just surprised. Like I said, they didn't show that in the trailer, I don't think. So, like, they did a really good job not highlighting plot points in this trailer. Because I thought this was a very different movie when we were going into it. I mean, you know, what else do you have to do when you got the... Duh, 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 you know, You're when there's the door. So, I mean, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but... What about you, Kriegs? What 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 do you think what was going on? So, I had like two thoughts. I was like, <laughs> another world when she opens the door, and then I was like, is it kind of like symbolism for Pandora's box? Like, if she opens it, does something come out? And I was partially right with that. I didn't know about the worms until I started watching the movie. But those were my first two things. I I didn't know where that door led to, but I knew it wasn't her world it was something else <laughs> yeah and i like when i watched the trailer i thought we were gonna get like some inuasha vibes with like kagome falling down the well oh, down the well yeah to another world so like i was like oh this weird ass chair dude must just be something from this other world you know like that's what went through my head <laughs> okay um yeah 
And uh, I guess um, the next thing, like, what was that reaction when the cat first spoke and then made Soda into the chair? Like, did we know that this cat was actually the statue that um, Suzume had found at the door yet? Or, like, what was going on? Yeah, I definitely picked up on it that that was the totem cat. Like, it would have just been really weird if we watched, like, a little... I thought it was a fox at first when it was coming out of the statue. But, like, it would have just been bizarre if there was, like, some random cat that showed up that could talk, you know? So, like, you just had to put two and two together, I feel like. I thought it was a mouse. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why. I I thought it was a mouse at first. And so when the cat showed up, I was like, that's weird. Where did this cat come from? And then it talked and I was like, huh? Oh shit. You know, like, um, this is the thing, you know what I mean? And I was like, that's pretty cool. We got a talking cat now. And it's, it's actually pretty cute, you know? Um, and then it made soda like disappear appear which i thought it made him disappear and i was like oh shit you know uh no way and then he actually turned into the chair and i was like huh well that's interesting now i know what the hell pete was talking about in discord (laughs) 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 that makes a lot of sense now but yeah, I, I definitely had to pause after that whole segment and just uh, gather gather my thoughts and uh, figure out what the hell was actually going on for a few seconds. So, uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. it was quick. Like he was just like gone, and then he was just a chair. And you're like, oh great, now I'm gonna chase the chair around this whole movie. <laughs> but the chair turned out like really good, and it was. It was actually one of my favorite characters, I felt like. Uh, I didn't really want to say it before, but I really enjoyed the chair and the movement of the chair. <laughs> I, I loved it when they were at um, the apartment of the mom who picked her up. And like, yeah. she was like trying to figure out ways to explain a magical talking chair to the kid. She's like, it's, it's, it's a robot with AI. Yeah, that'll work. <laughs> Definitely modern. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, I guess. Uh, I guess the next thing I guess we can talk about is like imagining. So the fact that they had to imagine the people that once occupied the area and kind of feel their emotions and hear their voices in order to temporarily close and lock the doors. Um, why do you think this was the way to close doors temporarily? Why do you think they picked that? I wasn't really sure on this one. I was kind of like, like maybe a strong emotional connection to the environment and the people there will help you stop the natural disasters from happening. So like, I thought it was something along those lines, but I guess using all those people who, you know, either passed or what, using their emotions to like create a strong lock, I think is what they were going with with it. Okay. Um, I kind of thought like, you know, um, they did, they did that to kind of make the places not so negative anymore, kind of in a way. And that, because, and another thing I actually thought of is like, you can only shut and lock doors, you know, to like the past stuff if you've actually moved on. And the only way to move on is if you like, I guess, kind of have like the embodiment of 
what's going on around you like that um, in order to actually move on uh, was kind of the, the things that I was looking at, but I have no idea. Uh, I'm just grasping at straws here, so. Yeah, I had to look into it a little bit, but it made sense from what I, the, the answer I found. So there was a theme that I didn't pick up on where the doors spawned. They always spawned in an abandoned place. And I didn't notice that until I read this. So it said basically the weight of people's feelings is what quells the land. So in all those highly populated areas, doors weren't opening. But all those abandoned places, they were opening and the worms were coming out. Yeah, and that makes sense because, uh, like, when the mom was actually giving Susan May a ride, um, like, they was talking about the amusement park was shut down and, like, they couldn't afford to demolish it or anything like that. And she said that a lot of lonely places like that exist these days. And I kind of noticed like that um, these doors were only like spawning, like you said, in these lonely abandoned places. And it kind of made me think, do they only appear at these places? And like kind of why? why? Why do they only appear at these places? And I think that kind of answered it, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, watch out for your old, decrepit, defunct malls. Um, there might be an earthquake near them soon. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> I got one in my town. Now I'm nervous. <laughs> I'm going to have to roll up in there with a key. <laughs> oh, they they uh, they tore ours down and put an Amazon distribution center where it used to be. So I'm good. Oh, There's good. a lot of people there now. <laughs> Dan looks out and just sees a worm coming out from the distribution center. He's like, ah, damn I, it. I ain't got that cool bar level of spiritual awareness. I should be good. <laughs> I'll just feel a little shakes. <laughs> as long as you don't hear, you know, do, 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 do. I think you're fine. So <laughs> I, I hear that a good bit. So, uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, GG's to you then. Uh, but, uh, you know, I kind of wanted to ask like a little fun question here. And uh, who are you picking as a babysitter? Is Susan May or Soda? I feel like I would pick soda, even as a chair, because once they realized that. the chair could move, they 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 stopped being so destructive because they were interested in something. Like <laughs> Susan, I was just trying to clean up after their. I'm trying to think of the right word, like their destruction in this little apartment. Like you see the scene where she's like stacking up tissues that they ripped out of the boxes and everything else, and I was laughing. This was almost worse than Wolf Children, bro. Like this no. was bad. No, <laughs> these kids were just taking advantage of a poor young girl. Wolf children, the children. Those kids were just demons. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I really loved it, those scenes. Though it was really funny, especially uh, you know uh, Susan May's part because she had no idea how to how to be a babysitter, and she got pushed into that role. And then Soda just it was like. Okay, if I don't if I don't step in, you know, somebody's probably gonna die. That's where it was going. <laughs> but I enjoyed it. And then we got the little part about the AI thing, which was really funny. So uh But what about you, Kreese? Who would you pick? Definitely Sota. Susan May just couldn't handle it. She's like, uh, uh, and no. <laughs> but no, Sota's got it. Even as a chair, he tired him out and entertained him. 
And then even as a human, he's training to be a teacher, so he has all those skills to kind of, you know, handle children. So either way, he's good. He's got this. Hey, plus, who's going to believe them if they say a chair was moving and talking on its own? Oh, no one. I mean, (laughs) anyone with a Twitter feed, because this chair was all over Twitter. (laughs) But they probably don't know what they're saying either, you know. They're probably they probably think it's twenty twenty three, bro. That's just AI. <laughs> oh. So, <laughs> just AI created it. Ugh. So um do you think it was you know odd that the people seem to be seem to see the cat Dajin as a person? And why do you think that actually was? I don't necessarily think they saw it as a, a- person it was really more just like a trend on the internet like well, they, at the bar was... at the bar they thought oh, it was a person yeah you're right yeah that had me really fucking confused yeah no um, could that have been like drinking as well as like mystical magic mixture <laughs> well the bartender the bartender said it too oh, she was yeah. like you know it's a new customer and a big spender um, she was tossed up too though but not that much, you know. And then um I think there was like a couple more examples of where people thought saw it as a humanoid uh type thing instead of an actual cat. So but I was just kind of curious because sometimes they they seem to think it was a cat and then other times they seem to think it was human. So it was just I was just kind of wondering, like, why did you did y'all have like a reason why they that they did that? So, no, nah, I couldn't think of anything. I didn't even it didn't even like register like that it happened more than that one time. Yeah, I was really confused about it. So, um, so I just had to ask. Uh, and then you know, like, do you think like the cats resembled Yin and Yang since it was black and white? Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Yeah, the balance of na- keeping nature at bay. That's why you had two totems. One was black, one was white. And I thought it was interesting, too, that when they went Sulong, quote-unquote, and, like, went full <laughs> battle form, like, under the, the, the full moon in the uh, the other world, like, they changed colors. So I thought that was interesting, too. Yeah, yeah, they did, didn't they? It changed, the black one changed to white or whatever, right? Yep. So. Yeah, but uh, was it Sada Sadajin? Was that the black cat's name? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that full battle form was fucking hard. That shit was sweet. Like I was amped up when he transformed. <laughs> yeah, to take on the war room, that was nice. Uh, and it it was interesting to see that the black one was so much bigger than the white one. Um, and I wonder if that's because like there's usually more negativity, like uh. Like that kind of energy in the world, then there is good, right? Is that what they're trying to say? I don't know. Yeah, that could be a good way of taking it. Yeah, because it when that um, Sadaijin showed up, it was very aggressive in the beginning, and then kind of calmed down <laughs> as it journeyed with them. So you, yeah, that could be the take they were going with. Yeah, it was kind of weird that they the black one was kind of trying to carry around and like suppress the white one, like in like I guess make it not. But then again, it was kind of lifeless at that point too, right? Because he it was sad. I I don't know. It's it's weird. So 
Yeah, I thought it was interesting because they had the scene at the hospital with the cat in the window, and oh, I yeah. thought they were showing it, it like as a shadow, but it was going to be the white cat. I thought it was going to be Daijin, not Sadaijin. So that kind of threw me off when there was another cat. Like, so I thought that was a cool way to like you know show the how they actually fight the worm. But I was kind of hoping we got to see Daijin go full Sulong mode too and tear, <laughs> tear up the worm a little bit. Maybe it don't have it in it though, you know. Maybe we, maybe only the Sadajin can do it. Well, we saw his bigger form a couple times, but it was only like when he would protect Suzume when they were falling. Yeah. Yeah, so definitely interesting. Uh the way they use the cats and stuff like that. Uh a little bit confusing at times, I feel like. Uh do you think like in your opinion, do you think the worm is supposed to represent anything, resemble anything? I don't know about resemble, but it really reminded me of like the creepy ass looking spinal cord thing from Attack on Titan. <laughs> it did, bro. It did. <laughs> it's the it's the founding Titan. <laughs> if only it was like what, you know. It's a shame no. it didn't bond with Suzume and we just had a Titan fighting earthquakes because oh that would have been a God. pretty cool plot point. Can you imagine? A tight it in two cats fighting a giant worm monster personified. Can we get like a fan made thing of that? I wonder. <laughs> that would be fun. Uh, <laughs> when did, <laughs> when did we? <laughs> the worm just combines the Susan and all yours rumbling. Rumbling. <laughs> da, 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 da. Uh, yeah, uh, I guess that's we really would uh, imagine if this was like the uh, the the uh, sequel to AOT, bro. Like this, they add this to AOT. So, nah, the sequel to AOT is gonna have Gundams in it. Don't worry about it. Okay, okay. <laughs> when did uh when did we realize the soda was the new key? When did when did it click for y'all? Um, so the first scene where they showed him like freezing up in front of that door. Yeah, that's when it clicked to me. I was like, "Oh, he's the totem. This sucks, yeah. poor bastard." Yeah, I think I think they've done a good job of making us understand that when that happened. I I I kind of got a feeling that that was happening when he wasn't waking up or whatever. Yeah, but then I was like, that. "Well, maybe it's just you know something else." And then when that scene happened, I was like, "Okay, he's definitely the new key." I was like, "This this is this shit's horrible." <laughs> What about you, Chris? Did you feel the same way? Yeah. When he um when he wasn't waking up initially, and I'm like, oh no, time's ticking now. Yeah. We're in trouble. Unfortunately. Um and then when we found out about the uh for a way for the living to enter the ever after, and Suzume, you know, planned to go there to save Soda, what did you think was gonna happen after that? So because of the scene in the beginning with her, like as a child in it, I figured there was a way to enter it and old grandpa confirmed that for us. But, um, you know, that's kind of, I was like, okay, so she's going to go, she's going to enter it. But I was not expecting her to fall like that into a fiery hellscape of burning towns. Like that kind of threw me off. That was terrifying. (laughs) It did. And, uh, you know, like, 
why do we think that like why do you think that actually like changed to that um like the fiery village because we see when you're looking in even at that time i think we actually seen like a peaceful like um landscape right like a flowery and then when she got in it it was fiery and like a fiery village like i i I didn't really understand that so yeah my only thinking there is that you know because so suzume the village she was grew up in uh was destroyed by an earthquake Uh and a tsunami so like my thought process there is like this is what her town looked like after it and this is like how it's forever like because like i thought that like the ever after was a mirror image and so like when you talked about memories i was like oh so this is how this town is remembered at this point because it's so depressing no one lives there anymore because it was destroyed you know okay that makes sense um it definitely makes sense but i wonder why it shows like the the you know the uh flower field landscape when you're looking in it for the first time make you want to enter it i wonder i don't know yeah this is those are the questions that like it kind of gets me on um but uh you know i actually thought that when when we first figured out about this i actually thought that she was gonna go and you know try to swap places that's why I said I thought I had it figured out the plot figured out and they surprised me on it and that actually didn't happen but you know going into this you know knowing that it was kind of like weathering with you I was you know that's kind of what happened in weathering with you you know so I was like this is what's gonna happen she's gonna go and take his place and just swap out basically I was like that's gonna be pretty shitty but it didn't happen like that so um yeah what do you think, Kriegs? Yeah, um, I think that that, yeah, when she opened the door, it was definitely, it took her back in time to when her village was, you know, demolished by that earthquake and that awful hellscape. But then I think when she's in the opening scene, when she's um, four years old, I think it was, and she's crying through that field, I think she opened a door when she was young. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think maybe time exists in a different ways through the ever after. So when she went up back to her hometown, opened the door, all you saw was the misery and pain of what happened when people lived here. Then the worm or natural disaster hit. And then when she was a kid, she was, you know, just crying for her mom. I think she was probably living with her aunt at that time. But dude, the scene, the scene where she dug up her old uh, journal. Oh, geez. And like it was going through the page, the pages that she literally scribbled everything off on because it was just like her trying to forget about her mom. That like broke my heart. Yeah, it was yeah. rough. Yeah, and. You know, I think it actually showed um, a few uh, scenes, like fast scenes throughout the show of her actually scribbling them out. And I guess we I didn't really understand what was happening until we actually got to that scene. And like you like you said, it was pretty sad to see that because she wanted to remember what had happened, like, you know, and stuff. But at the same time, you know, she made it where she couldn't remember it was so i guess traumatizing to her so um 
but I guess I guess with all that being said, uh, what did what did we think of like the ending scenes? Uh, you know, the current Susan May meeting the young Susan May, giving her the chair before sending her back through the door, like all that stuff, like the ending of it. Yeah, that had me like time as a construct in this anime was just like so confusing because uh-huh. like when she gave her the chair and pushed her through the door, it's like she was like, that's what actually happened in the past when she was a child. So like, I have no idea how time works in this show, but I thought like the way they did it, where like that was closure for Suzume and really her coming to terms with what happened to her mother when she was a child. I thought the way they did that was phenomenal. Yeah. Um, I definitely didn't cry during this, uh, moment. Um, (laughs) <laughs> i'm not lying uh but yeah it was definitely closure uh it helped her move past you know a big obstacle as we could tell you know she scribbled out she couldn't remember anything of it you know all that stuff uh and hell maybe she was even struggling with it you know some at that point but i i feel like you know after that moment uh she it helped her get over it you know, in the past and the current, uh, yeah, time. So, but it, like you said, it is, it, uh, it did also, uh, present a, like a little confusing, um, thing, but that, that always seems to happen when you introduce like time, like the, uh, time traveling and stuff. So, uh, just a little bit confusing there. So. Yeah. It kind of was like a, it's kind of like a little time loop. It was kind of weird, like Suzume had to do that journey to connect to her past. And that confused me a little bit, but I like how it answered the question of the opening scene when she's crying, running through that field, looking for her mom. And then I was like, oh, Suzume became her own Patronus, like in Harry Potter. (laughs) I was like, oh, okay, Nailed it. Kind of cool. That's exactly (laughs) what I thought of when I saw that. I was like, yep, okay." But I I liked I liked how he did that. Okay. yeah, definitely. Um, any thoughts on like, uh, the scene where, uh, like as the credits was rolling, you see all the different, I guess, time passing. And then, you know, when they meet again, like any thoughts about that? I like how they did it. It's kind of like the same way they did it in weathering with you where like, they didn't like show anything, which like, I like that. I like when they like leave it up to your interpretation almost where it's not like she jumps off her bike and just runs up to him and hugs and kisses him. Like, I like the way he does the, the endings of his movies a lot. Yeah. Yeah, he does that. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it too. Uh, you know, especially since they met on the same hill. Like, that That was that was pretty cute. Like, that whole thing, uh, you know, I, when they met for the first time, it was, it was pretty cute. Um, it's what I would expect from a show like this. So, and I, yeah. I talked about it a little bit before, you know, about my interpretation of what I thought it meant. So, but yeah, I enjoyed on the way back home, you know, Susan May and Tamaki went and they stayed at all the places she went and all the people she met. I was like, all right, that was a little cool connection and trip. It looked yeah. like they had a lot of fun. <laughs> It was fun seeing them do karaoke at the bar and like everything <laughs> else. You know, it's like, ah, oh, good. They, 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 they made up. So, you know, those kids are like, where's the AI chair? <laughs> what AI chair? I don't know what you talking about. <laughs> Gone. 
<laughs> given to myself uh 12 years ago sorry <laughs> yeah yeah hopefully hopefully she didn't have to babysit that time maybe the aunt helped her out if she did so um <laughs> but it uh, it also kind of showed her uh in my opinion i thought it kind of showed her uh dedicating her life to trying to be a nurse too like it, we seen the books, uh, it didn't really like uh, say for certain, but I think it led us to believe that, you know, she wanted to kind of go down that path like her mom was. So that was pretty cool. Um, yeah. but speaking of like her mom, what do we actually think happened to her mom? She died. I think she died in that earthquake. <laughs> you think so? Yeah. Yeah. My head canon is that she used she she was used as a key. So you think there's another key? Like she Wait. was maybe she was used as one of those keys at one point in time or something like that or maybe she was a closer because you know not everybody can just see those doors, right? So why why is Susan May the only one that can see those doors? Maybe well, because her family is a closer type too. Well, n- that now she's hooking up with her cousins, so that's really awkward. But yeah. it doesn't have to be the same family, though, right? Like, he, maybe he doesn't know about her, like, like family. You know what I mean? Yeah, so I was getting those vibes for a lot of the movie. Like, thinking, like, oh, maybe this is why Susan May can see this stuff, is because she also, her family can do the same thing. And I was like, oh, maybe her mom is, like, stuck in the Ever After or something, and we're going to get a really happy ending. But yeah. no, I, I she dead. <laughs> yeah, I just I just kind of wonder like if she was actually because you know we got the two different keys or whatever, right? So why can't there be two different like closer families or whatever? And that would be really cool to see that. And I, I honestly think that it's something like that because why else would little Susan May be able to go through a damn door or be able to see through a door like that? Like, not just anybody can go through that, like, see well, and go through that door, right? So, so they kind of explained that when she was talking to the the grandfather. He said that you must have experienced something with a, the yeah. ever after when you were a child. And I think she just stumbled across this door that was just in the middle of a field. And, like, as a kid, like, you're going to open that and be curious and walk through it. Mm. Yeah. And so she, he said that you could only walk through one door out of all the ones that exist. So... Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, so she she successfully went in and came out, so that's kind of why she can see the worms. Hmm, interesting. I wonder if, like, that carries on now, you know? Um, but I guess to get into some, a little bit of, uh, some questions from the Discord, Pete, Pete wanted us, wanted us to know, uh, wanted us to answer if Simping for a chair is morally okay. My God. Okay, so I don't know about Pete, but I have a really nice office chair. <laughs> and like when I've had to sit in bad chairs, like I I yearn for my chair. I want but that you, ergonomic support. Do you simp for it though? I don't simp over many things. <laughs> like, have you ever felt yourself wanting to kiss it? Maybe once. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, I mean, morally, like, there's probably 
like something wrong somewhere if you're probably simping over chairs? I mean, Possibly? there's a very weird TLC show about people who love inanimate objects, and like, there's a guy who who bones his car. So, oh, like, I've heard of that. <laughs> oh, I've heard <laughs> of that. How? Right in the exhaust pipe. In the tailpipe. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, dead yeah. serious. Dead serious. Uh, nice. Oh, okay. Um, and it's not even like a nice car. It's like a 1998 like Pontiac Fiero or something. <laughs> <laughs> but so here's the question though: is like you're not simping for the chair. You're simping for the dude who got turned into a chair. Because Soto was a pretty good looking guy, you know. Like I can't really blame her for wanting to get a piece of that closer, closer booty, you know. Like good for her. But just sucks uh, that he got turned into a chair. But would your so if you was so uh, if you was Suzume, would your opinion of him change after he changed into a chair? Would you see him the same way after he changed into a chair, or even after he came back as a human because he was once a chair? I think she did. But would she, you? Oh yeah, why not? Yeah. He's back. He's back. <laughs> And you know, will. maybe like she was going like the um, Sleeping Beauty route, you know, when she, the chair wasn't waking up, you know, she's like, oh, maybe if I give it a kiss. Yeah. Yeah, she did do that. So I just thought of something. There's an anime called Eden Zero where one of the villains, he captures all these um, YouTubers and pretty women <laughs> and he turns them <laughs> into inanimate objects. So technically... You can simp for the furniture because once they turn back, they're all beautiful women. <laughs> but there's always a possibility they don't turn back. So, I mean, like. Yeah, like, but there's also guys who simp over like figurines of anime chicks. So, like, yeah. what's what's so bad yeah. about a talking walking chair? You know, at least that yeah. has a personality. Yeah. Okay. Who would have figurines of anime chicks on their bookshelf? <laughs> I've only got white beard up there. Oh, dude, mine's bad. You've seen my collection. <laughs> I have. Well, I guess I guess that kind of brings us to our next question from Discord. Pete, Pete, again with the question. He's always asking the questions that are need to know. This is, you know, we need to know these things. Where do we actually draw the line on simping for inanimate objects? If chairs are okay. Then where do we draw that line? Well, no, chairs are not okay. People oh. turned into chairs are okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it's got to be a person who gets turned into a chair or an inanimate so, object, like where they can talk and walk and move around. So it's not okay if it's just a chair or an inanimate object. It has to be a person in that chair. I mean, there's a whole show about the weirdos who simp over inanimate objects. So, yeah, it's it's got to have a personality, I think. Well, I, I feel like we're going to get a different answer from Kriegs. I mean, unless it's a really curvy piece of driftwood and I've been stuck in the woods for three years. <laughs> curvy piece of driftwood. Oh, my God. That's for Rick and Morty. So... I guess when people buy those anime body pills, does that fall into that category? Oh, yeah. It's inanimate, that's, right? Yeah, but that's fucking I mean, weird. <laughs> I, uh, but people buy them. I don't... <laughs> yeah, and it's weird. <laughs> okay, so we got those mouse pads. You got the... No, yeah, the booby mouse pads. That's a thing, too. 
You got the body <laughs> pillows. I'm trying to think of other stuff that's like crossing the line, but not really, but sort of. The the very erotic figurines. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, who would have those? <laughs> you have, yours are like normal. I'm talking like okay. the one with like you can take the clothes off Aaron Yeager and you just got like a fucking hog for a dick. Oh yeah, I've there. seen that. I've seen the um the ones where you can um detach the shirts and put the nipples on. I'm like, what the hell? Gosh, weird, High school man. DXD has a couple of those figurines. <laughs> nice. How does that even look though? That probably looks weird. Right? So like the figurine. No, it looks like has... a normal figurine. No, I mean like the nipples. Oh, no, oh so yeah, the attachment piece is kind of weird. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Here's what I'm thinking is that like when you pull the shirt off, it just leaves two holes in the nipples that you put <laughs> actual nipples into. <laughs> I wouldn't know. I don't have any of these. Yeah, I can't. Mm. I I can't bring that figurine home and look my wife in the eye. (laughs) I can't bring a lot of those. (laughs) If I had your collection, my wife would have a lot of questions for me. Yeah, Yeah. I balance it out though because I have like muscular men too. So it's not all one side. I I like these ones more. It's just like shirtless Zora (laughs) with his forty-four inch bust. <laughs> I mean, I got a shirtless cat of curry over there, so. Hey, <laughs> cat of curry, okay. But yeah, I I I think I'm along the lines with uh Kriegs on this. Like, I I, I feel like the, I, so the body pillows, you know, and stuff like that. Like, it's not like super weird unless you're like using Is it, it like, as a body if pillow. If you got it in the bed. Like cuddling it, you know, and you think that if you're actually like if you're simping for it like that, that's that's a little bit, you know, out there. So, but I mean, just having body pillows, I don't think that's too bad. It's just well, when you start thinking no, about ha- it, in having different a ways. body pillow is fine. Having a body pillow with Mikasa and bikini is weird. And you sleep next to it. Have yeah. not? No, just, I think just having that in general is weird. Yeah. So I don't, yeah. I don't know. He's uh, like, let me let me hide my body pillows that are clearly in the back of yeah. my room right now. Hey, bro. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> people are just trying to take the 2D experience into a 4D experience. It's cool. You know, I won't yuck anybody's yum, but I'll say it's fucking weird. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I mean... There, there's some weird stuff out there, but I mean, I guess to each their own. Uh, as long as you know, it You're ain't it ain't it. affecting me. So <laughs> all I can think of is that TikTok creator who has the Mikasa body pillow, and he's like, uh, "Table for two, please, for me and Milady," and just holding like a Mikasa pillow. God. <laughs> yep, well, that's hilarious. <laughs> that would be where I draw the line. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, right there. Yeah. Okay, so okay. So what do we feel about the booby mouse pads then? <laughs> Those are just funny. Okay, all right. <laughs> just funny. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how people use that though. You know what I mean? It's, it's ergonomic, so the, dude. The boobs makes just your, sit on your wrist. And then you like, just kinda Yeah, but, like if we did a secret Santa and I got Kevin as like my person, I would probably get him a booby mouse pad because it'd be really funny. Oh yeah. Hmm. But oh, yeah. who, but which girl would you get him? Ooh, that's a tough one. <laughs> I gotta think about that a little bit. But you know, my my inkling would be my girl Robin. 
That'd be a good one. They actually have those. I know a place. <laughs> they also got they, they got Food Wars. They got Don Machi. They got Origaru. He's been on it for or, a couple years. <laughs> maybe maybe Lucy from Fairy Tale. Yeah, that'd be a good one. I saw an S Death one, Dan. Oh, <laughs> talk. I'll be down for that too. So yeah, I, I just want the feet so I can like put them on top of me and pretend I'm getting stepped on. <laughs> well, okay. What if what if you got a body pillow of just her like legs and her feet? No, because I need like a heel on there, something to really dig into me with some weight. Well, you could probably make that as happen. I grovel. You know, give me oh. Hibana. Give me Hibana from Fire Force. <laughs> yeah, but... <laughs> that's the one. But yeah, um, yeah, I guess, <laughs> I guess I guess that's kind of where we draw the line at. Um, I, I mean, I don't know. Uh, that's it's it's a weird it's a weird subject. So uh, inanimate objects. I don't think we'll ever have to worry about uh, people turning into inanimate objects. So, right? Hopefully, I don't think so. Well, I mean. With where technology is going, you might be able to put on a headset and become an inanimate object. Oh, I thought you were going to start talking about robots. And I was like, uh, ain't that what, uh, what's his name? What's what anime does? What Chobits? Chobits? Yeah. It sounds like a kid's like toy line that they use an anime to sell. Do you know like about that, Kriegs? Chobits? Yeah, Chobits. I've heard of it. Oh, okay. But back to the body pillow news. I have an Esdeath body <laughs> pillow, seventy dollars. <laughs> That's expensive. It's her in her white bikini. <laughs> Dad Weird. said we're not drawing Weird. the line there anymore. <laughs> no, the, line, the line is, is the line isn't drawn in sand. It is drawn in stone. Like it is not moving. <laughs> I also have an Arena one in a very questionable pose. <laughs> <laughs> um well awesome you guys want to get a little cozy with our body pillows <laughs> this well, is the body pillow not? hour now <laughs> why not this is the b is it's not ball it's body pillow shit <laughs> well awesome so that was our review and takes on suzume uh if you guys haven't checked out the movie yet i think we all are in agreement definitely do it it was an awesome experience but now it's time to get a cup of hot cocoa and we're going to curl up next to our fireplace in a nice bearskin rug and talk about some of the cozy animes we love to put on now that we're getting into the colder part of the season. So, Krieg, since you are a guest, you want to get this going first? Sure, I will get started. So I think we all did three cozy animes, just kind of. What we like, what we like having on. So I was kind of going with like a combo of like kind of a cozy slice of lifey. And then also I picked one that was cozy to me personally. Like it's not really a cozy anime. It's different. But the first one I picked was K-On. Now this one is a Kyoto animation um, anime. And this was made back in, I think, 2009. So basically, um, it's basically just about four high school girls who join the mic, the light music club at an all girls private school. And, um, the main character, I think her name is Yui. 
She's Chewy. running I like around. Yeah, I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> She's running around um, trying to join a club because for some reason, I don't know if it's like mandatory in J- Japanese high school, you have to be a part of a club. Yeah. yeah. And the light music club is, there's only three members. So they're about to get closed down because you have to have four. So she joins this club and she doesn't know how to play an instrument. So then they're like, oh, well, you can be our lead guitarist. So they basically just kind of get her to join and get her a guitar. But the funny thing about this anime is nothing really happens. <laughs> it's just cute girls being cute girls. I don't know how to explain it. Is this Bochi? Um, so it's there's been a lot of parallels to Bochi. I've personally not watched Bochi the Rock. I need to. But yeah, Bochi the Rock gets paralleled with this a lot. Yeah, you definitely need to watch Bochi if you if you like that. And it sounds like I need to watch Kon. I always thought it was like an idol thing. So, um, so no, it's um, Dan would hate this. It's high school girls, yeah, I'm sure. slice of life, nothing happens, <laughs> <laughs> and it's Moe. Yeah, Moe. Do, do they actually make good music? So here's the funny part. There's a couple concert scenes and like um, was it the school festival? But the openings and endings are absolute bangers. Like the way they, um, I can't remember what the, the one ending's called, Don't Be Lazy. The way they animate it and they have the music notes going in the background and they, they dress like rockers, you don't skip that ending. Okay. So it sets you up thinking this is going to be a kick-ass music anime and then you start watching it and just like, <laughs> hey, let's go get a guitar. Okay. Oh, I don't need to buy it because... Um, Moogie's uh, family owns the guitar shop, so I get it for free. All right, let's go on a summer camp training trip. Oh, we didn't play any music at all. We just hung out at the beach the whole time. <laughs> so it's, they then the common joke is they always um, eat cake and drink hot tea. They like never practice. <laughs> so, like, does she actually learn how to play guitar or like? Yes. So the first like year, she's learning how to play the guitar. You know, because she's coming from nothing to something. But then they eventually, you know, they start doing shows. So it's two seasons, two OVAs, and then a movie that kind of wraps up the series. But yeah, I definitely think Tyler would like this. Dan, you would oh, yeah. not like this at all. <laughs> so it's on High Dive if anyone wants to well, watch no, it. No, you've already explained that I'm not going to like it. Because like High Dive is just garbage. <laughs> wow. Hey, man. It's a lot it's of Sentai filmworks. on it, though. Bro. They got Origaru on there. Yeah. Goaded. They used to have all the food. They used to have the first three seasons of Food Wars, but then they took them off for some reason. They got yeah. they got uh, one still on there. Not season one, but they got one of the seasons still Is on there. Is it season three? Probably. It sounds three, right. Yeah. Three, four, and five are on Crunchyroll. One is on Hulu, and two is that not on the internet crazy, legally. Crazy, man. So, like, I got annoyed because I, like, have been watching Food Wars, and I had to go find it. I had to go sail the, the high seas to find season two. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Kind of makes it a little frustrating there. <laughs> but, yeah, that, that, that K-On, it literally sounds... I can understand what people are talking about because it literally sounds like a copy of Bochi to Rock, except for Bochi, Bochi, like... It it does like the um uh antisocial slash uh nervous uh shy and awkward girl 
uh, joins a band group kind of, okay. and they, you know, have like these concerts or whatever a couple of times. And like the first concert we actually seen, like the, the visuals of the concert was like amazing. Like the point of view and the perspectives that they use was like top tier shit, bro. Like you should definitely watch it. It's, it's it was running. It was running alongside of Chainsaw Man uh, during oh. fall, um, of last year as my top anime of fall. So, so like, it was up there with Chainsaw Man. So, so here's my question though: Is you're saying it sounds like a ripoff of Bochy the Rock, but this came first? Yeah, this. So this well, came out back in said, the day. Yeah, he said that they just sit around and eat cake and drink tea and not practice. Well, Bochy. Bochi is like a famous guitarist on YouTube, but um, that's like, but in real life circumstances, she has extreme uh, social anxiety, you know? So even though she's like the guitar hero online, like she has a hard time performing on a stage kind of, she has to overcome that. Like she literally has to like put bags over her head and shit like that in order to play. So, so it's she's like, damn. she's it's Moe. Head. Yeah. Head. <laughs> it's, it's Moe type shit, but like in a really fun way. Like this is it's a really fun, uh, interesting show. So, so huh. Bochi kind of sounds like they took Comey and Kaon and a little bit of Beck and mashed them all up. <laughs> kinda, yeah, kinda. Except Bochi can talk, but it's got some like fun, um, like uh, um, fun facial expressions and stuff like that. So you would definitely <laughs> like it, Kriegs. All right, I'll add that to my list then. Um, Dan's like, I will not be adding Kayon or Bochi to my list. <laughs> <laughs> I got um, enough to watch. Do, do, do I go next, or do you want to break up the uh, the uh, cute the Moe, Dan? We can break up the Moe a little bit. So I didn't actually pick like a specific show for my first one, but just give me a give me a Ghibli film. Yeah. Any of them. I don't okay. care. They're all great. And they're all like the way like they're just. The characters are always like cute and cozy or badass, which I like both of. And like, I just always have really fond memories of watching Ghibli films for the first time. So like if I'm thinking like, I'm going to go sit and like, you know, curl up in a blanket with a cup of tea. Like, give me that feeling again, you know? Mm -hmm. And there's so many good ones. Like, I mean, I've probably watched Spirit Away a million times. So like, that'd be the first one I'd go to. But, you know, I just think it's something you can watch for a couple hours without like getting bored. Spirit of the Way, like, every time I think about Spirit of the Way, I think about the heads, bro. Like the, the... The pet heads, you know what the I mean? They're rolling around, yeah, the doggies. <laughs> um, that's my favorite. Uh, that's my favorite character of Spirited Away. Was the heads? But like, I think the first time I watched Ponyo, it was like we had a big snowstorm, and I shoveled for like two hours that day. And I came in, and like I took like a warm shower, like grabbed a hot cup of tea or cocoa, I can't remember. And like I just got in bed and watched Ponyo, and it was awesome. Yeah. Ghibli's great, man. Spirited Away, I feel that. I remember, it was, was it 2006? I was 14 when it premiered on Cartoon Network. And that's when I first watched. I still remember the commercial. 
Cartoon Network is proud to present <laughs> Spirited Away. <laughs> oh, we, we watched that in my, I had a multicultural class in middle school. So I watched it like sixth grade, like during school. That's awesome. And I was like super hyped about it. And everyone's like, why, like, why do you care? It's a cartoon. I'm like, nah, it's in a cartoon. This is fucking anime. Y'all sit down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Behave yourself. <laughs> yeah, you guys talked about Spirit Away in the podcast. Maybe we wanted to watch it again. I've seen it so many times, but I was like, I'm watching this again. <laughs> yeah, and, and the crazy thing is, you know, it's this time of the year again, and now we got another another Ghibli film. Uh, is it Ghibli? Yeah. Miyazaki is Ghibli, yeah. Yeah. So, yep. Boy and the Heron, it's coming out like what, uh, I guess the... The day of when this releases, this episode releases. I yeah, think. they have listings in my uh, local theaters already. So yeah, so I guess uh, if y'all haven't seen it, like it's a good time, I guess, to go see Boy and Heron in theaters and you know get some cozy anime going. But um, I, is that all you got for uh, yours, Dan? Yeah. Alrighty. Uh. I guess I'll go with my first one. It's the Yuzuki Family's Four Sons. And uh, it's uh, a slice of life. It's made by Studio Shuka, which I'm not really familiar with. I, I don't think they're very uh, like established is what I would think because I don't know them. So, uh, But I could be wrong. But this is a fall show. It's currently airing right now. Uh, has anybody heard of it? I have heard of it. I have no idea what it's about. Okay. Yeah, you've talked about it a lot, and you've told me to yeah. watch it probably 15 times now. <laughs> or are you going to watch it? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Only if there's a body pill of a character. No, they're young boys. I don't yeah. want a body pill of that. <laughs> Dan's like, no, stop, stop, stop. <laughs> so I guess to kind of explain what it's about, the Yuzuki family which, you know, is made up of four brothers. Um, they lost their parents a few years ago, so the eldest one um, is taking it upon himself to become their guardian. He's, like, uh, fresh out of school. Uh, he's actually a teacher at their school. I think um, he's a middle school teacher is what it makes him to be, but he's not a teacher over uh, two other like middle age kids the brothers because they're in middle school as well um and then there's a younger one that's actually like um i guess what they would be elementary school for us I i'm not sure how the school system works over there uh it's kind of weird but you know he becomes their guardian while pursuing a career in teaching and this is basically their, this story is basically their daily lives as they like learn to be a family um, again without their parents, like learn how to live without that, uh, going to school and kind of interacting with like neighbors and community and their friends at school. Um, so it's a slice of life, you know, uh, the show is really funny. Um and most most of the time it's really funny, but it's still very grounded. Like um, it could be like relatable to a lot of people. I feel like, uh, especially if you had like siblings growing up, uh, especially if you had more than one sibling. Um, it's just the type of show that kind of makes me feel good, you know, while I'm watching it. And I feel like that's kind of a show that you would 
want to be uh, sitting in front of a fireplace watching, in my opinion. It's one of the favorite shows of this season for me. So, um, but yeah, I, I know Kriegs would really enjoy this. I really think Dan would like it um, just because it's lighthearted, but it still is grounded, you know, and what it's trying to say and tell. So, and it's also got a 7.66 on mouse. So it's not that bad. But. Nice. Yeah. You know me, I enjoy my uh, slice of life, so. Yeah, the the boys, the uh, all of the boys, they're, they're very uh, interesting and unique characters. They look like little, let me tell you who they look like. They look like little mashals running around. That's who they look like. <laughs> really? Like four mashals running around. <laughs> but, nice. Yeah. So I guess that's it for my Yuzuki family's four sons. Uh, I guess it's Krieg's turn for his number two. Okay. Uh, my second one is an anime called Teasing Master Takagi-san. So this is like a romance um, comedy slice of life. So basically, um, these middle school students, Nishikata and Takagi, sit next to each other in class. Um, Takagi, who is the girl, enjoys teasing Nishikata with embarrassing pranks, jokes. And in response, Nishikata's like, man, I'm going to get her. I'm going to get her, man. I'm going to get rid of my revenge. <laughs> but every time he fails, he gets outwitted. She takes advantage of his weakness. She backs him into a corner and capitalizes on it every time. And then every once in a while, Takagi will like lose, but then Nishikata doesn't feel like he really won. So basically it's just these two kids just going to school. Takagi's clearly has feelings for Nishikata. And as this goes on, he starts understanding his feelings for Takagi. So this was actually a manga that just ended its 10-year run. It went from June 2013 to October 2023. Okay. And the anime has three seasons. And just how like you were trying to watch Food Wars, Dan, this one is all over the place. I think season one's on Netflix, season two's on Crunchyroll, season three is on High Dive. It's Jesus. all over the place. And... <laughs> Oh, sorry. You can go, Tyler. Oh, I was I was gonna say if you had to say if this was better or worse than Don't Toy with Me, what oh. would you say to that? I I think this one is more wholesome and innocent than Don't Toy with Me because Don't Toy with Me definitely takes on a more adult and etchy approach because. That creator is a hentai artist as well. <laughs> oh, that explains it. Because Don't Toy With Me, I, I've tried to watch that before, but I couldn't really get into it. Like, um, but I don't I don't really know why I couldn't get into it. It just didn't flow good enough for me. Um, I thought it was going to be like a more romance, I guess, but it wasn't. So, so it do you think that uh, teasing master, uh, I forget Kagi what son. Yeah. <laughs> do you think that would be like a better fit? Yeah, this is definitely more wholesome romance, you know, just kids in school. Um, the main, um, 
I would say the main setting for this is them walking to and from school and then when they're sitting next to each other in school. Okay. But is yeah. This, uh, would you like kind of compare this to like the Yuzaki-chan wants to hang out? Kind of, roughly? Yeah, a little bit. So yeah, Yuzaki-chan, um, Nagatoro, and Takagi are kind of all kind of a similar idea. Yeah. Um, it's funny that you say you couldn't get Nagatoro, Uzaki-chan. I, I did not like it. I tried it. <laughs> I didn't think it was funny. I was like, this is dumb. And then not, I watched Nagatoro. I'm laughing. And it's essentially the same thing. <laughs> and I don't <laughs> know why. Yeah. I haven't really like watched a whole lot of Yuzaki-chan either. Um, but I, I feel like that one was more laid back than, um, you know, don't toy with me. And I've never tried to watch uh, teasing Master Tagagi-san. So um, I was just kind of curious where they kind of fit together, you know? Yeah, this is definitely to me. This is the definition of cozy. It's just cute, too. <laughs> you know, like kids being having crushes on each other. Dan would love it. Just kidding. <laughs> we'll never yeah. know. This one I can put on the dub and just you know have it on in the background. I like watching it, and you know, just watching Nishikata every time gets outwitted and it cracks me up. I'm like, how did you not see yourself walking into that one? <laughs> Yeah, I feel like if Dan was going to like something like that, it would be Kaguya-sama. Oh, I love Kaguya-sama. Like, oh, that would excellent. be, that would have a chance, a shot at Dan liking it, just because I think the comedy hits pretty decent. You yeah. said the same thing about Rent-A-Girlfriend, and I wanted to, like, gouge no, my eyes. Uh, Rent-A-Girlfriend's different than Love is War. <laughs> Rent-A-Girlfriend is trash and we all knew it's trash and it knows it's trash so kagiyasama is not trash i'm yeah. pretty sure on mal it's, it's like it's, it's top, a top 20 show yeah like the the latest season is in the nines i think right yes on my head so and the the manga is finished so the story's done yeah and they, they nailed it but yeah i like that one it's got Chica, you know? Oh, my God. Hayasaka is my favorite character. She cracks me up. Okay. I feel like I'm diverting. <laughs> we should not be talking about Kaguya-sama right now. <laughs> this is where Dan's supposed to step in, and he has failed to do so. No. I'll... So for my next show... <laughs> it's Kaguya-sama Love is War. It is not. So I was trying to think on this one. I thought for a while on it. And um, so I'm a snowboarder. So I go spend eight hours of my day outside like every weekend in the winter, basically freezing my ass off to go shred the gnar, you know? And every time I come in after that, I always find myself leaning towards comedies. Like it's not a snowboarding trip if I don't watch Talladega Nights or something from Will Ferrell, like after one day, you know? So that got me thinking, what's the funniest anime I know? And you guys know exactly where I'm going with this. It's Gintama. Yeah. Yep. And if I need a nice cozy day after a long day on the board, I'm going Gintama. I'm finding something funny. And I think the episode I'm picking to stay festive with our winter theme <laughs> is the episode where they're all Santa. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> And they're just arguing over who's the real Santa, even though none of them are. It is hilarious, and that's the vibe I'm looking for. Makes sense. Uh, I when when I think when I think of funny anime, like the first thing that comes to my head is always Gintama. Even though I've only watched a handful of episodes, it's still always Gintama. I 
I guess that just goes to show you like how well known Gintama actually is and what it what it's about, you know. So yeah, to me that is that is the funniest anime I have ever watched. And audio listeners can't see it, but I have a Gintama poster right in my background. But <laughs> yeah, that is it's just so out of pocket all the references they make. It's a real treat if you watch a bunch of anime. It's a treat to watch this and pick up on all the references and just laugh along the whole thing. Well, like the other thing with it too is it's not plot intensive. So like oh, no. <laughs> you can just pick a random episode and most of them besides like the few arcs that are more than like two episodes are it's like you watch two episodes and you're on to something else. So like you don't really need to like know what's going on. Like it's not like you have to start an episode one if like you just wanted to like put it on and laugh laugh your ass off for a bit, you know? Yeah. Eh. And I wish I wish it had like um more readily like available dubbed episodes because I feel like that it would hit just as hard probably. Dude, like the dub the is so bad. Really? Well, the but, dub you know, is bad. In its own way, though, that's that's actually funny. You know what I mean? No, the company who did the dub, yeah, like changed plot lines, like randomly out of really? lines about like The Rock <laughs> and like the most stupid shit to it, which is hilarious. But I it think, takes away from the story. I think oh. a lot of the issue is a lot of the jokes don't translate well. Oh, so okay. I think that it's I think that's probably the issue with the dub. I've never watched it myself, the dub, but I watched the sub and I'm cracking. Oh, you should watch like the first few episodes oh, of the yeah. dub. It's just so funny. It's like they're really all like Dwayne the Rock Johnson. <laughs> it's like what oh, the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Um I, I definitely plan on watching Morgan Thomas. So uh I do watch a couple episodes every now and then, but it's it's a long one, so as the boys know, so yeah, it's been on the back burner for a little bit for me now, just because like I have had time to sit down and really just like watch a bunch of shows. So I'm hoping, you know, I can get back on the Gintama train pretty soon. I think I think uh, I think the next season isn't going to be uh, isn't going to hit as hard. So like, huh? I, I feel like I feel like like the next season compared oh, to this season. Yeah, no, I don't know? see a lot on the um, the winter lineup that really gets me excited like there's not a lot out there next season so i'll probably i'll probably get to finish up kentama pretty quick yeah that's what i'm saying like i i think that we might have more time on our hands come next season so yeah i would not mind that there's so many shows we're watching right now <laughs> i know I, I have like nine yeah and that's bad yeah that's rough <laughs> but uh is it my turn yeah yes it is well, um, I promise, I promise y'all we're not going to go on a huge rant about <laughs> this you show. Had the rant. Yeah, we already did before. And so my next cozy show that like I enjoy uh, like just watching from time to time is Kimino Todoki, which is from me to you. It's got 37 episodes out right now. It's going to have a third season coming soon. I think maybe next year. If I'm correct, uh, Mal is uh, setting at eight and seven point nine eight for season one and two. Come out in like 2009, 2011, I believe. Production IG Studio, just one of my favorite studios. Um, if you believe it or not, it's got Haikyuu, you know, uh, Kimi Todoki, like just 
quite a bit of other uh, good shows that I really like. Uh, this is a pure romance uh, anime, and it follows the life of Sawako, who is known for her resemblance to the girl in the Ring series. She's a very timid and sweet girl, but most are actually scared of her because of this misunderstanding, uh, except for one person, Kazuhaya, who happens to be one of the most popular boys in her class. And this begins her new journey to make new friends at her school, you know, make new impressions, all that good stuff. And this show is just so wholesome. It's so good. Like, it's got one of my favorite tropes. If y'all listen to the tropes episode, the popular, uh, the popular kid uh, starts a relationship with the underdog slash unpopular person. This is what happens in this one. Um, I just, I can't get enough of it. And this one does it so, so well. Um, and I'm so excited that a third season is coming. And like in anticipation of the third season, I've actually like started watching the live action and, um, like it's really good, honestly. And it makes me want to rewatch the anime again too. So, <laughs> and read the manga pretty crazy that you know like one of your favorite cozy animes is just a subplot point from undead unlock you know <laughs> <laughs> no but you got it wrong see you're trying to you're trying to trigger me now you're trying to trigger a rant <laughs> and we do not want to talk about this because they brought it up again <laughs> yeah they brought it up again he read a hunt all 101 um manga volumes. chapters volumes of uh from me to you not from you to me <laughs> cracks me up because the original story is 30 volumes so i'm like i guess i missed a lot of story yeah. here <laughs> well it's you know in the undead and unlock world you know it, it didn't get canceled because it was bad so <laughs> i'm just kidding well, the, ah. you know how many people you're gonna piss off with that statement community Tadoki is like uh, a staple the manga finished the anime just didn't which I was shocked when they announced that was coming back. I was, I think I tweeted at you, Tyler. Yeah. I was like, Did you see this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So excited. Uh, like yeah. when, when I think, when I think of like romance animes, like pure romance animes, like Kimi Nitsudoki has to be a staple, right? Oh it just yeah. Has to definitely. Be. Yeah. It's, it's a really good, like, um, coming of age too. Like people yeah. start, you know, they're struggling with like, you know, romance for the first time. Uh, big theme is what am I gonna do with the rest of my life? Because they're they're going through high school and then they have to graduate. They got to make big life decisions. It's just a really good read. I I read the whole thing and I loved it. Yeah, I'm probably gonna read this soon as well because I I don't think the I don't even think the third season probably will finish it right. So no, I don't yeah. think so. Yeah. So I'll definitely have to read it, um, which I've been trying to read some uh, um, some romance kind of stuff uh, here lately. I've been spending some time. So, yeah. But, but yeah, that's that's my that's that's one of my favorite romances of all time. And it's definitely it belongs on my pick of cozy animes because Kimino Todoki is just so cute, so wholesome and so good. So. But I don't, uh, Chris, I think you're next. You can give us another, well, I would say Moe, but I know what you're going to choose. 
Yeah, I, I went away. I went away with the Moe. <laughs> so I went one that's personally cozy to me, but I don't think it's a cozy genre. So I think this is pretty well known in the anime community. It's called Fairy Tale. So a little quick recap. This basically follows the journey of, I would say Lucy. I'm There's a debate. I'm saying it's Lucy Artfeely as the main character. She's a young celestial wizard in the kingdom of Fiore, and she wants to join a guild, but not any guild, the guild known as Fairy Tale. They're always getting in trouble. They're rambunctious. She loves um, Mira Jane is always on the cover of Sorcerer's Weekly. She thinks she's beautiful. My dream and, job. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That guy, <laughs> that cameraman's having a great time. Um, <laughs> and by fate, she runs into Natsu Dragnail, who happens to be a wizard of fairy tale. And their lives, you know, uh, are changed forever as they meet, you know, fateful encounter, typical shonen trope. But I watched this, gosh, back when Funimation had like, they had like no properties. This was before streaming, when you had to buy the DVDs or buy the Funimation channel. I don't know if anyone remembers doing that on cable. I think in 2010, I was in college, I started watching it. And I've just kept up and read with this ever since until the end. And I've watched it multiple times. I love it. I literally have a tattoo of fairy tale on my thigh. It's just cozy and comfortable to watch. <laughs> and now I know there's a lot of ass pulls and power of friendship, but I still love it. Hey, man. It's great. <laughs> Such I a mean, great anime. Fairy tale is. Like it's it's like a guilty pleasure for me. Like it's like you know it's not like the best shonen, but it's just so fucking good. Oh, so great. Yeah, because this was coming out around the time. Um, yeah, the big three were all out, and it was trying to like poke its head in there, and then people were like, "No, get out of here." <laughs> yeah, cool. It was like what two thousand and nine or two thousand eight when it started. So it was like uh... right at the tail end. Let me look it up real quick. Uh, it, it was at the, right at the tail end of like ship it in and like bleach and well, one piece forever. But um, yep, 2009. Like, yeah, I kind of picked up the gap that was there for a little bit while we were waiting for like AOT and some of these other big shows to come in. And I think I remember I started watching fairy tale pretty close to when you did because it was like I finished up Naruto. And that was like my next show that I binged after that. And I loved it, man. It's like this is one of the few shows that's like made me tear up. And it's only because the goddamn soundtrack makes you just feel so <laughs> sad. Yeah, they have excellent um, soundtrack and music. The OSTs are really well done. Oh, there's some of the best openings in anime. They're all heater. They're all heaters. Yeah, there's 26 openings. And I think it's 329 episodes, if I remember correctly. Yeah, something like that. And yeah, I, I started Fairy Tale again a little while back, and I think I got like 130 episodes into it before I sidelined it. But it is a it's a fun, quick, easy watch. And I think we have a rough idea of when the sequel's coming out. So I'm excited for that. Oh yeah, I've been reading that. I was so happy when they announced that. Oh, they actually got like the finish, the finale coming out sometime yeah, soon. Yeah. So, no. well, it finished, and then there's a hundred year quest. So, I don't want to say too much to anybody who hasn't watched it or is interested. But basically, when it ends, they kind of mention something. Okay. And then we're 
the sequel or the continuation of the story is that thing they mention. I'm trying to not say anything. I already said a hundred year quest. So uh, all right, fine. <laughs> you have to watch the show to know what that means. Yeah. What that go, entails. Yeah. I got to go get that S class badge, baby. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I know Dan likes this one. I don't know. Tyler, have you watched fairy tale at all? Or? No, I haven't watched it yet. Not okay. yet. I've been trying to get him to watch it. Yeah, that is. Oh, God, such a treat. And yeah. cannons for days on these <laughs> fine females. Oh, yes. So, yeah, um, the women are all drawn very beautifully. Yeah, Hero. Is that Mashima? Hero Mashima. Mashima. He's got a he's got an art style that I can approve of. <laughs> and Dan, Dan talks about it a lot. I love, I love fairy tale dude it's like my guilty pleasure show like i know it's not like it's not the best show in the world by any means but it just it does such a good job making like you like feel for the characters and everything like that so yep i'm looking at all the figurines of the main team right down there so <laughs> I have them on the bookshelf is there a happy <laughs> Uh, no, I don't have a happy one. I've got Wendy, Urza, Natsu, Lucy, and Gray. Gotta get yourself a happy the cat. Oh, wait. Actually, I do have a happy. It's a happy, happy stuffed toy on my door. Nice. I forgot about that. I bought that a long time ago. <laughs> See, at least I know half of those people, though. I ain't totally ignorant, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nah, Tale's a very well-known one in the anime community. Definitely. Awesome. So for my next one, uh, I've got pre time skip one piece. And it's cozy because it just makes you feel some fucking type of way, you know, like it's just funny. It's a sense of adventure. And like I could go back and watch that over and over and over again. So that's kind of what I look for. Like it's one of those shows that I can turn on and I can turn it on dubbed and just have it on in the background and be laughing, you know? Yeah. Especially, especially like later on, uh, later on, and uh, I, in my opinion, like after Alabasta, like that's that's when I like to watch it, like dubbed or whatever again. So yeah, I, I literally had if I was gonna pick an arc to start on, it'd probably be Orange Town because you can get past some of the introduction <laughs> stuff, and then our boy Buggy's there. So like, <laughs> I'm gonna be laughing my ass off watching Buggy get his ass kicked. Yeah, oh Buggy. I'm so glad we get to see like that we got to see like Buggy, uh, Buggy shenanigans again in like the latest episodes. So I was oh, crying, dude. Was just great, crocking out, just beating the shit out of him. <laughs> I love it. I love how his crew is just ready to abandon him too. He's like, "Well, I'll serve crocodile. That's cool. <laughs> you guys have no loyalty whatsoever." <laughs> yeah. I mean, can you blame him, though, you know, so it's, it's I mean, buggy, man. Buggy just keeps failing up, and man, is he lucky. <laughs> Yo, hey, man. When, when, did, when did I, like, I, I compared Usopp to him. Usopp fails up, too. Kinda. So, Usopp is like, he's like a human spoiler, too. All his lies come true. <laughs> and then Usopp's just, I don't know what he is. He's just clutch. He always, he, you know, he's that, you know, he comes in the fourth quarter and throws the touchdown pass to win the game. I don't know how, but he just, he is. It, it's, Usopp has the strongest observation hockey in one piece. That's why he knows his lies all come true because he sees them. 
Oh, there we go. He's got that future site on yeah. steroids. That's why his name is God Usab. Go D, bro. Go D. Go D, And Buggy D Clown. Yeah, then Kai D O. Oh, no. Watch One Piece, y'all. Watch One Piece. That's great. It's awesome. But. I guess uh I guess the follow up peak piece, um I guess I'll get into Ori Monogatari, which is my love story. Uh twenty four episodes, one season, Mal is seven point nine, come out in two thousand fifteen by Studio Madhouse. It is another fluffy romance. Um I this is the kind of things that I feel like is, you know, cozy to me. Uh, but this love story kind of follows Takio, a very muscular and tall guy who is also very kind and ha- has a heart of gold. But unfortunately for Takio, his appearance makes it very hard to have any kind of relationship because most girls think of him as a beast or a monster because he's so big and tall. It doesn't help that his best friend is like a chick magnet either. Um, but one day he meets someone that sees him for who, who he actually is. And this is like the epitome of wholesome, in my opinion. Uh, this was, I believe, my first uh, sh- shoujo ever um, on my wow. journey. Uh, very cute, very pure romance story. Like there really ain't a whole lot of negatives uh, that happen, like tension points that happen either it's like straight straight line like romance happy uh i would say um you agree with that kriegs yeah so i i have watched this as well and this is a very wholesome cutesy and um the nice part about this is i know a lot of people don't like when romances just draw out and no one's confessing. This one, you get a very quick confession. I think it's, is it episode three? I, I can't remember. I haven't watched it in a long time. But yeah, you got this huge, muscular, six foot, I think he's six foot seven guy. And this short little Rinko who's under five foot. And it's just so cute and wholesome watching them as they go through their relationship. Yeah. And uh, I mean, uh, like you said, it toys around with the fact that, uh, you know, his his thought process and how he feels and then how he perceives um what's happening but he gets it wrong you know and it kind of makes you think wrong too and then it actually happens and you're like oh shit this is so this is so awesome you know this guy is you know finally got a you know uh someone who actually cares for him and like it's just, it's just really, it just makes me feel really good. Um, every time I watch this show, I've watched it a few times. It, obviously, it holds a very special place in my heart since it was a, it was my first uh, like pure romance show, and it was just so like wholesome and you know cute. And plus, you know, it's got, it's got one of them tropes, you know, like you know the underdog, and yeah, I just can't get away from that, you know. Uh, but if you ever want to give like the fluffy, you know, pure romance things a try, my love story is a perfect start, in my opinion. Really perfect. 
Um, even better than Kimi I think, um, in this oh, situation. Wow. So, um, because Kimi has quite a bit of like tension points in them, uh, whereas this don't. It's just pure fluffy happy. So, yeah, I re- I really li- would hope they would um continue the anime because they never finished it. The manga finished, but they never finished the anime. So, yeah, hoping for an announcement in the future. That'd be nice. I mean, 2024, I mean, we've got a lot of shoujo like uh, announcements that came to the table. So maybe we can continue this trend because it's a perfect time. You know, it's on the uptrend. So, yeah, a lot of animes have been coming back after a long hiatus. So it gives me hope. Yeah. Um, Thanks, COVID. (laughs) (laughs) But I guess that's it for me. Uh, Shout out Mob Psycho 2. There you go. I was surprised to have Mob Psycho on there. I almost put Mob Psycho and Haikyuu, but I was like, are they really cozy? You know, they're cozy kind of to intense. me, but they're not cozy. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah. Haikyuu is, uh, there's a lot of uh, weird sexual tension between two boys in that show. <laughs> <laughs> well, technically, the boys and then the manager of the team as well. Yeah. <laughs> That's what happens when you have you know, bazillions of boys and only two girls. So. Oh my gosh, so funny. <laughs> well, awesome. We hope you guys enjoyed our review of Suzume and our cozy anime picks as we head into the winter season. Uh, make sure to rate the podcast whatever platform you're listening to. And if you guys have any fun topics you'd like us to talk about, hit us up in the Discord, linktree.com slash anime degens, and we'll take a look at them. All right, guys, peace out. Later. See ya. <laughs>